Well, this is a great story from St. Louis to the NFL, but there's a little twist and turn along the way. Cardinal Ritter's own Jamison Williams, huge recruit, one of the top prep players in the country, goes to Ohio State, but after a couple of years there, he's not really seeing the field. And Ohio State was loaded at wide receiver. That's been well documented. But Jamison Williams is like, I want to go somewhere. I want to play. I want to get out. And goes to Alabama, which just kills me. Because how many kids, when you leave a big-time program, you're not seeing the field. Maybe you go down a notch or two, and then you're really going to be a star. He goes to Alabama. <laughs> Where I'm pretty sure they're loaded at every position and immediately becomes a starter. Playing for Nick Saban. And then Jamison Williams has a huge game in the SEC Championship game. But then it takes a bad turn because he blows out his ACL in the National Championship game. But over the course of the last few months, does intense rehab. And all of a sudden, the NFL scouts are all over him. He's shooting up the draft charts. Ends up going number 12 to the Detroit Lions. So what a great story. Leaves Ohio State, is an All-American at Alabama, over 1,500 yards receiving, 15 touchdowns, just a monster season, gets injured and still able to get his stock high enough to be a first-round pick, to be a 12th pick overall. So Jamison Williams out of Cardinal Ritter, the latest to go from the STL to the NFL. He is the guest of the Kilcoin Conversation, along with his agent, Rocky Arsenault, who has been a longtime NFL agent, had Marshall Falk, Eric Dickerson. He's the agent for Ezekiel Elliott, Jamar Chase, last year out of LSU, the top wide receiver who had one of the greatest rookie seasons ever for a wide out. So Rocky Arsenal, part of the conversation, he represents Jamison Williams, and we ask him questions about what the NFL was saying about the knee injury, how he was able to sort of win him over. And then we kind of delve into Rocky's career, representing Eric Dickerson and later representing Marshall Falk. Sort of a make good for both franchises because Dickerson left the Rams to go to the Colts, and then Marshall left the Colts to go to the Rams. So it's really a two-for-one here. It's part of a conversation I had on the radio on KTRS with Brendan Weesey, Jamison Williams, Rocky Arsenault. Great football conversation. It's presented by Triad Bank, St. Louis-based bank since 2005, located on Clayton Road in Frontenac. Home loan, car loan, business loan. I keep saying it. Don't go to these huge national or international banks that don't care at all about you or St. Louis. This place is not only founded here, it's run by people from St. Louis. So those decisions being made are right here in town. Jim Regna, the CEO, went to Rosary, went to Umsel. He's a St. Louis guy. Stop by and see them in person or go online to triadbanking.com. Marie DeVilla Senior Living, great spot for your retirement years. They have the Villa Estates, assisted living, all levels of care, MarieDeVilla.com is where you can take a virtual tour or if you just drive by in your car. It's the corner of Clayton and Weidman Road in West County. You'll get a great idea of what it's all about. Beautiful campus there, 60-acre campus, and they've been there since 1960. Marie DeVilla. Appliance discounters, you can find them all around town or on the Internet. The, I think it's called the Internet, right? Yeah, the Internet. I guess I just started saying the web and sounded funny to say the internet. 
theappliancediscounters.com. Get into that search engine, type General Electric, all of the great GE merchandise, washers, dryers, stoves, microwave, refrigerator, all the great merchandise. Got GE rebates available, lowest prices anywhere. They do the price checking, so when you see the price tag, They've already gone to the big box stores, and you can see the difference in price. Appliance discounters, huge warehouse downtown St. Louis, which means you get your appliances delivered quickly to you. TheAppliancedDiscounters.com, where their savings are your savings. And B&G Tuck Pointing. They are the best in the bricks. Make that home look new again. Garage, chimney, any of the brick. A lot of brick in the St. Louis area, and if you... Notice that it doesn't look quite as new as it used to. It's probably the tuck pointing. Get a free estimate from Rich Galati. He and his daughters, Bella and Gabby, run the show. They're B&G, Bella and Gabby. BGTuckPointing.com, the website, or call for a free estimate at 363-0525-363-0525. They are the best in the bricks. They also do foundation repair and waterproofing. Check them out at BGTuckPointing.com. Com. All right, let's do this. Jamison Williams from St. Louis to the NFL, a 12th overall pick. Let's start out talking about draft night. A really excited night. Uh, I wouldn't say it was emotional at all because it was something I was looking forward to. At the end of the day, uh, my name got called, and that was what I was most excited for, to see the looks on my family's face. So that was the most exciting part of it. Um, it was a real exciting week, real good week. I got out to do some community service and everything. Everything was just well. Uh, had some time to get get out with the family in Vegas, so the week was awesome, man. The night was good too. And a huge watch party at Herbert Hoover Boys and Girls Club. Did you get the sense how excited St. Louis was for you? Uh, yeah, I kind of got a, a sense of it. Um, I would say early in the month, um, a lot of people was keeping in contact with me, talking to me. I was talking to a lot of people. They was like, "Bro, you really about to get drafted." And just talking to me about the experience and the, and the upcoming event I had. Uh, so I heard a lot about it um, the whole month, I would say. But that night at Herbal Hoover, I haven't seen any videos or anything, but people just been telling me about it. It was going crazy. That's all they was telling me. Now, when did you know Detroit at 12 was taking you? Uh, I was watching TV in the back, and we just said, <laughs> I got a call on my phone. But it was Detroit, and it um, hung up, so... I knew, like, I'm looking at Rock, and then we say, uh, he told me they were about to drive me, so I answered the phone. It was just in a moment, really. It was just that second when they traded up the pick, he called me, coach, uh, he called me, GM called me, and told me I'm about to be a Lion. So that was, it was just that moment when it happened, when the pick went in, when the trade went in. Jamison, we had a chance earlier this week to talk to your former high school coach, Brandon Gregory, and he had mentioned that Detroit was kind of on the outside, right? You you didn't you didn't think right away that Detroit was was going to be a player for you. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Um, in the process, I really didn't hear much from Detroit, so it was surprising me. So uh, it was just surprising, but I'm also happy to be in Detroit, and I'm ready to get to work, uh, change the culture, and be in Detroit, man. We about to get have some fun for real. And this is a good time to bring in your agent, Rocky Arsenault, longtime NFL agent, stationed in St. Louis for many years, somebody I know real well, and still cranking out the top athletes. And Rocky, congrats to you and Jamison on being number 12. Why don't you give us a little backstory? What were you hearing from teams heading into the draft? Well, heading into the draft, it was, it was somewhat of a uh, different different draft than, than normal. 
obviously because the quarterbacks weren't involved. Um, normally when there's quarterbacks involved, you pretty much have a pretty good idea of who the first couple of picks will be. But I think this draft was a little bit different because of that. So because of uh, J-Mo's injury, um, you know, we were hearing all different types of things. I think everybody in the entire first round, even guys with multiple picks, felt like, you know, he was the missing piece they needed. And, you know, everybody had intentions of, of uh, uh, selecting him if he was there. But I think the big question mark was, you know, would he be available, um, you know, after uh, the first five picks? And did you get the sense maybe Detroit, not sandbag, but had interest but didn't reveal it? Is that, I mean, you probably see that a lot of times. A team that's really on a guy shows no interest. Yeah, I think that's part of the chess game these teams play. Obviously, guys take top 30 visits prior to the draft, and, um, you know, those are somewhat released to the public. But um, we did not take a trip to Detroit. Actually, uh, we had an invitation, but we canceled it because of their position in the draft being you know, far back, and they had, you know, being honest, they said they wouldn't pick him with the second pick. So we decided to visit teams within our wheelhouse, which I told Jameson, I felt like his range, pick seven through 12, you know, I was on the backside of that. But, you know, we were really trying to focus on those teams that were in that area. What would you hear from teams about the injury coming off the ACL? How did that play into his draft positioning? I didn't seem like it hurt it. What, what did you hear from teams? Well, I think a lot of the credit goes to Jamison. I mean, he uh, he and I had a conversation the night of the national championship game, um, and I told him we'd, we'd be confronted with an uphill battle. And um, I've never seen a kid commit himself, devote himself to, you know, his task, which I told him, I said, hey, it's going to come down to the next, you know, 60 days. If you can convince these teams that, you know, you probably miss no time or very little time, I said, you know, obviously everyone said if, uh, you know, barring the injury, he would have been the first receiver taken. So I said, we have to convince them that there was no injury, you know, and how we do that is we, we get you ahead of schedule. We get you doing things that, you know, they can't believe a guy three months out of surgery is doing. And I tell you, it's a testament to him because he really committed himself, dedicated himself. And, uh, you know, I know it was hard. I know it was a lot of days I would call him. And uh, he just, you know, was like, I got to go do this. So, you know, I would say that's a testament to him. Jameson, can I ask you, you know, on on that topic of your injury, when when you initially suffered it in the national championship game, how quick were you able to have a positive outlook on on, on what was to come? Uh, it was pretty much in that moment, I would say, because. Uh, me being able to not be in, get back in the game when I wanted to, it just kind of made me know, like, the situation I was in. And, like, I just treated it as a, it is what it is situation, really, because I knew for a fact, like, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back better and stronger and faster. So I was just looking at the bright side. I really didn't let the mental part get to me. So, really, I just knew the bounce back was going to be crazy. And that's the part I was thinking about. So it really didn't take that much of that long. It's our St. Louis Sports Legends Series brought to you by Royal Banks of Missouri. Martin Kilquin, Brendan Weesey here on KTRS. Jamison Williams, an All-American last year at Alabama. 12th overall pick, first round NFL draft. His agent, Rocky Arsenault, alongside. And Jamison, take us back to the decision to go to Alabama. You didn't get the minutes, the the clock you wanted at Ohio State. Some people probably think, well, then go to a, a smaller program. You go to Alabama and become a starter immediately, 
1,500 plus yards receiving, 15 touchdowns. You dominate in in the SEC championship game. Take us to the decision why Alabama, why you went there. Uh, it just played a part in the relationships. Uh, you know, Coach Wig and I had a, a strong relationship. He recruited me at, um, out of high school, but he was at Virginia Tech, but we still had a strong relationship. He just ended up being a receiver coach at Alabama. Um, one of the first people to get in contact with me when I entered the portal, he told me I could come over here and make a big difference. Uh, my my uh, ability and my playmaking speed, playmaking ability also just could be a game changer to the game, and we know how to uh, – we know how to use that. Uh, so, really, that just made me more comfortable and made my made my decision from that, really. Uh, I wanted to be used, and I just went off um, who I think could be used. It also came to, like, I seen previous guys before me, like Judy, Smitty, um, Ruggs, Calvin Ridley, all those guys played a huge part, too, seeing what those guys did in, those, in that type of offense. And really, it just played a part, like, I could do that, too because I know my talents and abilities, and it came down to that, really. And when you meet with Nick Saban, is that intimidating at all? Nah, it wasn't intimidating. <laughs> Nick Saban a really good guy outside the football field. Most don't know him outside the football field, so I get I, I see why uh, people get the picture they get. Yeah, I heard he's got, he's got a sense of humor, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he joke around a little bit, but when it's time to get serious, though, you know, you know what time it is. Jameson, you mentioned those... Alabama wide receivers that came before you. What about that program? What about that offense lends itself to to the wide receiver position flourishing like it has and, and like you were able to do down in Tuscaloosa? I feel like it's just an offense that, that knows how to um, just play makers the ball, let the playmakers make plays, really. Um, really, that's all it is. You got a good running back, you feed a running back, you feed a receiver, you just yeah, it, it, it's not just one person, so it's it's leveled out. You got multiple receivers, you got multiple running backs who who can tote it. It's just an all around offense. You just can't focus on one person because everybody got it. I feel like. And Rocky, you can probably answer this after the SEC championship game. How much did his stock go up, and how much did you start hearing different things about him? And when you're in a showcase game like that, and he put goes off. Well, I, I think um, after. Uh, after the Texas A&M game is where I think he really helped himself. And I think at that point he put himself in the conversation of being, if not the number one receiver, you know, somewhere in the top three. And I think, you know, it was that game that really, you know, uh, displayed his talent and his ability to do other things, uh, you know, rather than just stretching the defense. I mean, a lot of people paid him as, okay, he is, he's a guy that can go over the top, but can he – uh, catch the underneath balls. Can he catch it in traffic? You know, all of those type things. And I think that was a, a excellent uh, opportunity for everybody to see that he was a well-rounded receiver that could really impact the game in a bunch of different ways. And something that Rocky touched on, Jamison, I'm wondering, after the disappointment, the injury, the game itself in the national championship game, how much did you dig in there? Did you have a moment where you're kind of discouraged or down about it? And when did you kind of turn it around and say, all right, I got to get going? Uh, like I said earlier, it really wasn't much down part. Like uh, I would say the down the the downtime was really like only the first week out of surgery. Uh, I was in a hotel, couldn't really couldn't really move around how I wanted to. But after that, I just I, that that second week getting up from there, I started moving around on my own, and it was just like something I just felt like I had to do because I just can't be 
not moving by myself and, and stuff like that. So I started got up, got the moving the crutches, uh, using the crutches more, walking, putting pressure on my foot, stuff like that. Uh, I started doing it on my own maybe the second week. So I would say it was only like a one week, one week downtime period. Anybody in the NFL, and maybe it's even a guy like Devontae Smith, I don't know, but anybody at the NFL level that reminds you of your game? Uh, I say who I, who I admire my, myself out there is Randy Moss. Uh, players in today's game, I like a lot of players, uh, but I just couldn't say anybody in today's game because uh, a lot of players have their different game, man, and it's just everybody got a different game. The game is so elite now. Everybody got different bags, so. I wouldn't say nobody in today's game. Jamison, you're a young guy, so you you probably weren't watching as much football as maybe you have recently when Randy Moss was at the peak of his game. Have you watched a lot of film on him on on YouTube or or, or wherever where you you see similarities between your two uh, your, your games? Yeah, I watch a lot of uh, YouTube. I stay a lot. I stay on YouTube a lot. Highlights. Uh, really, just watching like tutorials and everything and uh i watch a lot of stuff on youtube really for football you really go on there and find anything you want <laughs> i mean randy moss was he did things at the time i, I remember his rookie year uh, the thanksgiving game against dallas where he just absolutely dominated the cowboys uh is there a particular moment that you saw of him that just made you go wow Probably the game, um, three catches, the three touches, three touchdowns for like a hundred, hundred yards. Uh, cause that's really I, I like that game a lot. Cause really that's what I do. Yeah. Um, mostly when I touch the ball, it's really going to the crib, and I don't get a lot of touches cause shit is going to the crib a lot. So really I like that game. I like that game cause every touch he put it in the end zone, and he had over a hundred. Yeah, that's not a bad comparison. If if Jamison turns into the next Randy Moss, I oh, think yeah. uh, we're, we're in pretty good shape here. Would you have been going to – you would have been really young, but did you get to go to Rams games at the Dome? Yeah, I went to a couple of Rams games. Not a lot, though. And I'm just thinking now, your buddy Luther Burton is touchdown Luther. That you do, you're right. When you get it, you take it to the crib. So maybe touchdown J-Mo would have actually been appropriate. We'll pass that along to our friends in Detroit. Um, <laughs> what about next level? What are your hopes as a rookie at the NFL level? Uh, really just to get back get back on my feet, get going. Uh, I want to get a chance to win rookie of the year and make the playoffs, win a lot of games. And the ultimate goal is just to have fun. Uh, I'm in the NFL now. I just want to live it up. Lifetime dream and just uh, not goals off my goal list. And tell us about Luther. What should we expect down at Mizzou? This is the home of the Missouri Tigers here, big, the Big 550. What what should Tiger fans expect from Luther? Uh, I think you should expect a lot. Uh, I talk to Luther almost every day. I, I motivate him almost every day. I say, I, I say him goals that I want him to hit, but, you know, he got his own goals. Uh, really, I think you should expect a lot out of Luther. He's a great ball player, a great football player. Um, I, I feel like one day he's going to be at the top of the list. It's just take time. Uh, when you get, once you see him get balling though, when the ball get in his hands, it's gonna be something like you've never seen before. So just stay tuned. Jamison, have you talked to your quarterback up in Detroit yet, Jared Goff? Uh, I talked to him at the draft. Like, it was just a, a, a greeting though, like what up? Gotcha. Uh, 
Well, Jamison, congrats on the number 12 slot in the draft. Looking forward to watching you at the NFL level. You were a star at Ritter. So much fun last year. You may not have known in Tuscaloosa, but a lot of Alabama highlights being played in St. Louis. Our Mizzou fans may not have liked that, but a lot of Jamison (laughs) Williams highlights being played in St. Louis. Best of luck to you, young man. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. All right, Jameson Williams, our St. Louis sports legend, just an NFL. This is the most current edition, Brendan, we've yeah, had. This but is Rock, great. Rocky, his agent, Rocky Arsenal, somebody I've known for a long time, of course, based here in the famous Marshall Falk trade. It just so happens that Rocky was living here. Marshall flies in at the airport. And take us back to that day, Rocky, because Marshall wanted out of Indy, and he gave you, what, a list of demands, right, or a request <laughs> list. Very clear list of demands. <laughs> and they were? Um, I, I think you know, Martin, but you, but I think you like hearing me tell this story. I do. The list consisted of get me off of turf, get me to a winner, and get me to warm weather. <laughs> <laughs> and the losingest team of the 90s at that time were the St. Louis Rams. Let's see, turf, dome, just like Indy, not warm weather. And you didn't get fired after that trade. I don't know how I did, to be honest. <laughs> And then tell the story. Marshall gets here, and we know he can be – he's tough, man. He's stubborn. He didn't even want to go. You've told me the story. Tell our listeners about that first practice. He didn't even want to go. Yeah, well, he – you know, I I think uh, Dick Vermeil's reputation had preceded this entire thing. I don't know if you remember back prior to to the trade, a lot of players were saying how hard Dick worked. um, We all know Marshall uh, is not afraid of work, but, you know – he, he, he's a football player. So he didn't want to go. We had some contract issues. We were able to uh, uh, renegotiate the contract. But um, he, uh, I tell you what, he was much more positive and upbeat than I was. I give him credit. He, I think at some point our roles reversed. He became the mentor, and I became the guy that needed to be mentored. You know, he told me, hey, man, I think it happened for a reason. Cheer up. I'm going to make the most out of this. And, uh, I think six months later, uh, you know the result of that one. Yeah, who knew? Well, I mean, once he got there, we knew we were getting a Pro Bowl caliber running back, but who knew the entire team and franchise would sort of transform? And it's what's interesting to me in recent months and days talking to Marshall about his relationship with Dick Vermeil, and we know how tough Marshall can be. He said, I didn't want a coach who was crying all the time. That wasn't my thing. And then now those guys are really tight, and it happened in life after football – when Vermeil was doing an NFL Network game, lost his voice, and Marshall was the sideline guy, and they threw him in the booth before the game. Said you got to do the game, and Marshall said, "I haven't been scared of doing anything in 20 years." And all of a sudden, now I was in a panic. And he said, "But Vermeil stood next to me the entire game and handed me all of his game notes during the game." It's pretty interesting to see how those two have bonded since his days with the Rams. Yeah, and I think that's uh, you know Dick Vermeil, and I can tell you a little bit about Dick. He's you know, a, a, a very, very good friend of mine. But, I mean, he's a guy that means what he says and says what he means, and he literally cares about everybody. And he's probably got a couple of hundred former players in the NFL, probably more. I would even say, you know, thousands of players, uh, college included. And I wouldn't be surprised if he talks to each one of them, you know, at least once a year. And he remembers everybody's names and Wants to know their kids, how they're doing, and I just think that's that's who Dick Vermeil is. And so, Rocky, you get Marshall to St. Louis, and then for a while you had a run, right? Oz, Akeem, Leonard, Little. How many Rams did you have at a certain point? 
I think I think the uh, biggest year was uh, after the Super Bowl year when they went back uh, to New Orleans. I think I had like six or seven clients on that team. I, I actually felt like I was a, I, I was a Ram at the time. <laughs> and you had no St. Louis allegiance, right? I mean, you're from Louisiana. You and Marshall, both Louisiana roots. But I mentioned this at the time of the trade. You were based here in St. Louis. How did you end up here? Um, I worked for a firm out of New York and um, – Decided to uh, move to St. Louis at the time. There was a really good airport, TWA. Flew everywhere in the world nonstop. So uh, um, I was closer to uh, Indianapolis. I could drive a lot of places. So I just felt like um, it was a good place to locate my business. And uh, it worked. Actually, I like St. Louis. I enjoy St. Louis. Um, It it, it was my home for 20 years, over 20 years. And, uh, you know, I still feel like a part of me is from St. Louis. Right, and then going back, we talked about Marshall Falk, but famous Rams, Colts, running back trades. You had Eric Dickerson at some point in his career, right? Were you with Eric when he got out of L.A. and went to Indy? No, I wasn't with Eric. Then I, was, I had Eric towards the end of his career. But, um, you know, they always joke about it that they did the opposite. You know, one went from St. Louis, I mean, from the Rams to the Colts. The other one was back with them. You know, they're both uh, in the Hall of Fame, and it looks like they were opposite mirrors. Or, or, or two-way mirrors, actually. But uh, great guys. I, I think I'm blessed. I think my entire career I've been blessed to represent some of the better players in the NFL. And, uh, you know, Jameson fits very well in that mode, you know. And how do you connect with a guy like Jameson? Is it your St. Louis roots? To, I mean, he could Google Marshall Falk and Eric Dickerson. You've had a lot of big names. How do you get a kid to say yes? I would have to think it's more of my St. Louis roots. Roots, his mom and dad. Um, reached out to a few people uh, in St. Louis, and obviously my name came up. Um, and, uh, you know, his mom and dad are great, by the way. Um, I think they uh, were very instrumental in the process throughout those first 60 days with Jamison. They actually moved to Pensacola with him, uh, made sure he was, you know, at his workouts, giving him all the support he needed. But, yeah, I think it was just the St. Louis roots, because if you talk to Jamison and ask him who Marshall Falk is, or Dickinson, you know, I don't think he knows. Rocky, are, are today's NFL athletes, are they easier to deal with, more difficult to deal with? What, what are relationships like now or did, 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 for you to build with these young men, uh, again, compared to maybe when Marshall was just getting into the league? I think the relationships are different. I think uh, um, you, you guys probably have kids. I think uh, conversation is a lot less. I think it's a lot more texting and things like that. Um, social media has changed the way – we, we, we do a lot of things, but, you know, I, I think the guys, when it comes to their careers and, and, and football and the things that's important to them, you know, I think it's all pretty much the same. It's just the way we communicate. Well, and if you want to connect with a current St. Louis kid, then you could, to J-Mo, you would just say, well, what about Zeke? I got Ezekiel Elliott down there in Dallas, and he's had a great career out of St. Louis. How did, how did that relationship form? Actually, that, that was a really good relationship. Their parents actually uh, – knew each other because the kids uh, ran track in high school and on the track circuit. Uh, Jameson's mom and dad uh, were track athletes. I know I know you, you know that uh, uh, Zeke was a track guy. His mom, Dawn, ran uh, track at University of Missouri. His dad played football at University of Missouri. So St. Louis is a, is a small-knit community, especially uh, in the sports community. So all of those things help. And, and I think, uh, you know, as long as you treat people the way you want to be treated, I think uh, 
you know, good things come and you get referrals and recommendations. And when you had Zeke, remember he was holding out and there, the contract was in dispute. Did Jerry Jones ever pick up the phone and call you? You ever talk to Jerry directly? Yeah, yeah. Jerry and I have a have a really good relationship. And I think uh, – and he understands. I mean, Jerry's done a lot of things to change the game. I mean, I think without the influence of Jerry Jones in the uh, NFL, the NFL wouldn't be the product that it is today. So a lot of times you have to make some tough decisions to, to, to get where you want to go. And, I mean, I think all in all he understood it because Jerry is never a person that you could force to do something they don't want to do. But, you know, I think uh, he realized the value that, that Zeke added to his football team. And, you know, he was willing to go ahead and, uh, you know, pay him. Rocky, we talk about your connections to St. Louis and, and seeing somebody like Jamison uh, go number 12 overall. How how good is, is St. Louis high school football, uh, football now? Just with it, it seems like there are more and more big-time players like Jamison that are coming up through, uh, the, uh, through the ranks here in St. Louis. Well, I, I think, you know, we, we actually I, – I, I, we have our weekly uh, calls, you know, from my agency – and uh, one of the guys that worked with me, uh, Jafel Zasaretti, he's in St. Louis. And we were actually doing uh, an analysis on guys from St. Louis who went away to college and how they fared in the draft and, and really looking at opening up uh, different opportunities in St. Louis. But I think, you know, with, with, with you look at what Mizzou did last year, I think if they can keep the local talent to stay home, I think, you know, University of Missouri could, could, could benefit. I have a really good relationship with uh, Eli at Mizzou. And I think, uh, you know, St. Louis high school football is second to none. I mean, some of the top players in the NFL are from St. Louis. I don't know what the numbers are, but, um, you know, I think it's I think it's it's up there. You know, obviously we don't have the, the volume as a Texas or a California, but, you know, I would have to think it's up there per capita. I wonder how NIL will change things. So if you're a school like Missouri, you get all you need is one or two good boosters who want to get behind a program. And even Luther Burden picked Mizzou and a local law firm had signed on to support him. How much do you think that's a game changer in terms of recruiting and college football? I think it, I think it's a major game changer. I think, you know, we were talking about it yesterday. I think a lot of these kids will probably have to take pay cuts when they go to the NFL. You know, when you look at some of the money that's being thrown around, um, and, you know, I, I don't know. We, we were having a discussion about regulations because right now it's really not regulated. I think at some point, I think uh, some governing body is going to have to step step in and, you know, because it's, it's going to become, and I don't want to see it happen, but it's going to become a sport of the have and the have-nots. You know, some of these universities have uh, alumni um, that's a lot more powerful than some of the other universities, and I don't think they'll be able to compete. I mean, you basically have uh, um, the, the the SEC schools, the the the, the, uh, the Big Ten, and everybody else. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, and Odell Beckham Jr. was ahead of his time. Remember throwing the money around out at the, the LSU grad, and you had uh, Jamar Chase, by the way, Rocky's client. Unbelievable rookie season for the Bengals. Uh, my only complaint is they didn't win the damn Super Bowl against a certain four-letter word uh, team from formerly from St. Louis. And to tell me about Jamar's upside. Did he exceed everyone's expectations? I think uh, I think Jamar did exactly what I expected him to do. And I mean, a lot of it had to do with him being reunited with, with Joe Burrow. 
um, because, you know, throughout the year I was asked the question, is he surprising you? Is he surprising you? And I'm like, no, he's really not because I had seen him and Joe do this time and time again, you know, like the rest of the country uh, when they went on that magical season at LSU. So I think that played a big part in his success. But now Jamar is extremely talented and gifted receiver. And uh, I think what sets him apart is that he's, He's so big, strong, and fast. And, uh, you know, he uh, he and I joked about it last preseason when um, they were talking about him not being able to catch the ball and uh, they were coming up with all these things. And I think the only two people laughing about it was he and I. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he. I don't think he, he, he uh, surprised me. Now, I think the Bengals and their success going to the Super Bowl, I think that was a little bit surprising. You know, we also have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with the Chiefs, and we were all at the uh, AFC Championship game. And I wouldn't say the Chiefs took them a little uh, lightly, but, um, you know, when you're up 17 points in a in a championship game and, and you uh, pretty much lay down, I think that was, you know, a testament to the Bengals in the fight and, and, and what those guys believed in. But it, it somewhat reminded me of that magical 99 Rams team. You know, I, I felt like they had enough to go and, uh, you know, take it the distance. But, you know, it was a – it was. I don't know what the Rams' turnaround was. I think it, they went from – I think they had won three or four games the previous year on to win the Super Bowl, and I think the Bengals won three or four games the previous season. Yeah, I think the Rams are 4-12 and because Vermeil has said he thought he was getting fired. They were 4-12 <laughs> and in 98 and then they go 13 and 3 win the Super Bowl. Rocky Arsenal Alliance Sports Management. He's Brendan, he's the the running back whisperer, right? From yeah. Dickerson to Fogg to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, just keeps cranking them out and Jamar Chase, one of the best receivers in the game and now Jamison Williams uh out of St. Louis. It's it, it's got to be a fun life when every Sunday you you could probably almost pick a different NFL game to go to and watch one of your clients. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's a little tough on, on the travel schedule, but, you know, I, I enjoy it. And I enjoy football, and I really enjoy watching these guys. But, you know, it can, it can become a little taxing, Martin. Rocky, you got to induct Marshall into the Hall of Fame, right? Yes, I did. I did. How special a moment was that for you? Well, I think that, you know, I tell everybody that was probably the highlight of my career, not that any of us need validation in, in what we do in our lives, but, you know, when, when a guy whom you represent and you care about selects you for something like that, it's just a testament of, of what he feels about you and, and the impact I had on his life. And, um, you know, that to me, that was the, uh, the, the, you know, the biggest thank you that, you know, an athlete can give his agent, you know, and, um, if I do this, you know, 10 more years, five more years, who knows? You know, that will still probably be the biggest highlight of my career. Yeah, so many NFL stories have a, a backstory to it. You know, Marshall Falk gets traded to the Rams, certainly changes the history of that franchise, and the timing's perfect because of all the other things that were happening that off season. But you didn't know at the time that Marshall wasn't really excited about <laughs> coming to the Rams, and Rocky Arsenault, the agent's like, hey, just just give it a chance go to a practice, meet some of the players, and all of a sudden Marshall Fox sees the talent that's there. And it's a great backstory. Fun to talk football with Rocky. Excited for the career of Jamison Williams. Anytime a St. Louis kid makes it to the professional level, we're doing it with Jason Tatum right now. I mean, I think 
I don't know how you quantify it, but I'm pretty sure a lot more people in St. Louis are watching the NBA these days than were before because this Jason Tatum story is unbelievable. He's one of the top five players in the world right now. He's he's a legitimate superstar, and we used to see him playing high school games down the block at Lindbergh, and now here he is at the highest level. So anytime the St. Louis kids are playing professionally, it, it is a ton of fun. And uh, maybe that'd be an honor roll we do one, you know, one of the shows, just even just rattling off the list. Because you had Ryan Howard for the Phillies, became a superstar. And Bradley Beal, NBA-level star, before Tatum came along. We were doing all kinds of Bradley Beal highlights every night on Fox 2. So looking forward to the career of Jamison Williams at the next level. Appreciate you checking out all of our material at scoopswithdannymack.com. Kilcoin Conversation, which sort of under the umbrella, we also have things like Hanging with Big Walt when we talked hockey with Keith Kachuk, kicking off our playoff coverage. Highlight of that for me was Big Walt not remembering where he was for his 50th birthday. I don't know. Who knows? All of these conversations can be uh, found on Spotify and iTunes, and they are brought to you by our great sponsors at B&G Tuck Pointing. I encourage everyone, if you've got a brick home, chimney, garage, and it needs a little bit of work, please call my friends at B&G Tuck Pointing at 363-0525 or on the web at bgtuckpointing.com. Appliance discounters also, in addition to all the great appliances, great service department. So instead of waiting a couple of weeks for a 800 number to like program you in and let you know the next available repair time just call appliance discounts have their service folks come out and fix your appliance they really are just great people and it's not just buying the appliances it's repairing them as well they are great it's that simple wish i had a better word than great but they're great also triad bank in st louis since 2005 on the web triadbanking Com. And because they're from St. Louis, if you're a business owner, they can help you, you know, navigate the local landscape because they know how to get things done right here in town. The Neighborhood Friendly Bank. That's what Triad Bank is all about. And Marita Villa Senior Living. Great sports fans and a um, festive atmosphere. They're always having some event going on. Anytime you drive by that corner at Clayton and Wideman Road, I always talk about the Christmas tree, but the fountain's going, the blue fountain for the hockey playoffs, the red fountain during the Cardinal playoffs. Fred and his uh, family out there always festive. Take a tour. Maybe it's for your parents, your grandparents, or your aunt and uncle. Get a virtual tour at mariedevilla.com. I'm Martin Kilgren. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again soon.